Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for August 15, 2018. The White Sox blew a 3-0 lead to the Tigers for the second time in as many games on Tuesday night, but they made their third three-run lead stick. They beat Detroit 6-3, improving to 2-9 against the Tigers in the season series. On SoxMachine.com Tuesday morning, I made the case that the Tigers might be a little worse than the White Sox if not for their fortune in head-to-head matchups, and this game kind of showed what I'm going for, because the Sox took advantage of some mistakes. Case in point, the first inning. The Sox had the bases loaded with one out, and Daniel Palka hammered a single through the right side to score Tim Anderson. Jose Abreu checked up at third, but he probably could have scored since the throw from right field was way off and rattled around the backstop. Abreu scored the next batter when Kevin Smith lofted a fly to deepish center, but Palka almost ran the Sox out of the inning by trying to take second. The Tigers caught him in a pickle, but the not particularly speedy Palka made the rundown last four throws, during which Matt Davidson scored from third for a two-run sack fly. The Tigers also wasted opportunities at the plate. Their leadoff man reached in four of the last five innings, but they couldn't score once, even with the bases loaded and nobody out in the sixth. Lucas Giolito's night ended a lot better than it started. He allowed two singles and a walk to start the sixth, but roared back to get a shallow flyout, a strikeout, and a popout to escape unscored upon. The effort sealed the quality start and his team-leading eighth victory of the season. He has twice as many wins as any other Sox pitcher, despite an ERA that is still above six, 6.15 to be precise. Giolito overcame his typical first inning problems. He took the mound with a 3-0 lead and gave it back immediately. Granted, a shanked two-out double by Victor Martinez accounted for the first two runs, but he also hung a changeup to Jim Adusi for the game-tying single. It's hard to complain about his other five innings, though. He ended up striking out seven over six innings to just one walk, throwing 73 of 99 pitches for strikes. His two-seamer had a lot of life, and he even threw his curveball for more strikes than balls. He induced 16 swinging strikes out of the Tigers overall. The Sox offense made his excellence count and built another lead that stuck. 
Ryan Lamar immediately regained the lead for the Sox with his first career homer, a resounding shot to left off Blaine Hardy. Lamar, a Michigan native and U of M alum, had plenty of family and friends in attendance, and he said his uncle caught the ball. In the fifth, the Sox beat the Tigers' shifts for three consecutive hits, the last one a sizzling skimmer of a double by Abreu that rattled around the right field corner and brought in two runs to give the Sox a 6-3 lead. That's all the cushion the White Sox needed. Jace Fry had some of his best stuff of the year during a two-inning relief appearance, striking out four. It was only imperfect because Heimer Candelario reached on a drop third strike to start the seventh. The ninth was an adventure, because Juan Manaya walked the only batter he faced to start the inning, and Xavier Cedeno gave up a two-out single to bring Nicholas Castellanos to the plate. However, a day after going 5-for-5 five five with five RBIs, Castellanos went 0-for-5 with six stranded, and his third strikeout ended the game. Speaking of strikeouts, White Sox hitters fanned only nine times on Tuesday, breaking an eight-game streak of ten strikeouts or more. Maybe that's because Yohan Mankata was out of the lineup. While it seemed like he could use a day off anyway, Rick Renteria said Mankata had a dental procedure earlier in the day that delayed his arrival, but he was available off the bench. I imagine Mankata will be back in the lineup when the Sox and Tigers play their rubber match this afternoon. First pitch is at 12.10 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago, and it's Carlos Rodon against Jordan Zimmerman. Rodon hasn't allowed an earned run in August, although Zimmerman's 2-for-2 two two in respectable outings himself this month. The Sox have tagged him for 10 runs over 9 and one third innings in two starts this year, although, the season series being what it is, the Tigers managed to win both games. Down on the farm, the Buffalo Bisons beat up in the Charlotte Knights by a score of 14-5. Sebi Zavala did what he could, going 2-for-4 with a homer. He's on a five-game hitting streak, which might be a sign that he's finally passed his wrist issues. Your daily Eloy Jimenez update, he went 1-for-4 with a double and a strikeout. On the pitching side, Carson Fulmer had a night to forget, allowing four runs on six hits over one and one-third innings, one of them a homer. Birmingham blanked the Tennessee Smokies 2-0. Tanner Banks led a four-pitcher, six-hitter. Luis Basabe contributed his fifth double-A homer to the cause during a one-for-four night, and Zach Collins went one-for-three with a walk. Winston-Salem's late rally fell short in a 9-6 loss to Bowie's Creek. The Carolina League hitter of the week, Luis Gonzalez, was cooled off, going 0-4 with two strikeouts. Luis Robert went 1-5 with two strikeouts. Nick Madrigal and Blake Rutherford were both 1-4, with Rutherford's hit a triple. Great Falls lost to Ogden 10-5, although the Voyagers international infielders are keeping it up. Lennon Sosa went 2-5, and Amado Nunez went 1-3 with a walk, which are starting to come with more regularity. In the Arizona Rookie League, the AZL White Sox split a doubleheader with the AZL Giants Orange squad, winning Game 1 6-5 and dropping Game 2 6-3. Tito Polo had a hit and a stolen base in both games, so it appears like he's moving well as he rehabs from two months on the disabled list. Anderson Camas went 2-4 for four with two doubles in the opener. And in the Dominican Summer League, the DSL White Sox lost to the DSL Padres 5-0 in a 7-inning rain-shortened game. Canapolis was idle. Around the league, Jose Quintana gave up three homers over five innings in the Cubs' 7-0 loss to Milwaukee. The Brewers narrowed the Northsiders' NL Central lead to two games, and they'll have to worry about St. Louis, too. The Cardinals won their seventh straight game with a 6-4 victory over Washington. The Cards are now 18-9 since firing Mike Matheny, and they're just a game out of the second wildcard spot as a result. The Nationals, meanwhile, were knocked back down to 500, and they're now eight games behind Atlanta, which beat Miami 10-6. Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to amaze. He let off his third straight game with a homer, then added a second one later to give him six over his last five games.
The Indians beat the Reds 8-1 behind seven strong innings by Corey Kluber, who won his 15th game of the year to make it a four-way tie for the Major League lead. The Indians will need the Klubot in full working order, because Trevor Bauer went on the disabled list with a small stress fracture in his right ankle, which he suffered on Saturday when Jose Abreu hit him with a line drive. There's no timetable on Bauer's return, although since Cleveland has a 12.5 game lead in the AL Central, he can take his time. The AL West is a much hotter race, especially with Oakland and Seattle going head-to-head. The Ace took a second straight game from the Mariners with a 3-2 victory, and they're now just one game behind the Astros. Houston lost its fifth straight game, and with Justin Verlander on the mound. The Rockies defeated the Strohs 5-1 with the help of Nolan Arenado's 30th homer of the year. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Join us at SoxMachine.com to talk about the day game and the action on the farm. Check out the minor keys, as it includes an excerpt from Josh's interview with Alex Call, who will be the guest on Monday's Sox Machine podcast. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to all episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google's podcast app. And should you be in a giving mood, you can support everything Sox Machine at patreon.com slash Machine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. <laughs>